back, folks, to the footyjumpers.com podcast. My name is Rob, and with me is my co-host, Lockie. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the footyjumpers.com podcast. So this week, we're up to the South Melbourne slash Sydney Swans. So that's another very old club with a bit of a combination in, regard, in the history of where they've come from. But if you chase, chase it down, or track it down, I should say, back through the history, we sort of find that... Yeah, there's, there's quite a lot of substance, especially on the South Melbourne element, which some people, I think, I, mean, I think most people are pretty aware of the Sydney-South Melbourne relationship, but it's good to bring it up again more thorough, especially for some of these clubs where it's just one club the whole way through. Um, but yeah, there's been pretty much only two jumpers for the Sydney AFL era, I suppose. So I guess we'll be spending more time in the South Melbourne era of things. Is that right? Yeah, well, it's it's nice to spend time in South Melbourne. Uh, <laughs> get a dimmy. Yeah, get a dimmy. <laughs> Donuts at the market. Yeah, <laughs> dimmy's at the market. Beautiful. We've uh, enjoyed them only recently. Uh, <laughs> yes, uh, realistically, South Melbourne took a little time to find their identity, and then once they settled on something, really haven't changed it all that much. And yeah. that's that's taken itself... Even they they took that to Sydney, and as we'll note with some of their, um, well, their in, you know, all of their other jumpers, once they've once they've got something, they tend to stick with it. Yeah. So didn't forget. Yeah. Yeah. They they've <laughs> stayed the same for quite a while. So that's right. Yeah. So when were South Melbourne formed? Then we will start back well, from the, the start. Well, the South Melbourne Football Club were formed in 1874, but I think we could probably start the South Melbourne story with Albert Park because mm. eventually the two merged, but Albert, well, Albert Park uh, is named after Queen Victoria's husband, whose name was Albert. Uh, they, they There is a suburb of Melbourne called Albert Park, which was, I guess, one suburb west of South Melbourne, closer to Port Phillip Bay. There was an Albert Park Football Club. They formed in 1864, and they were one of the first clubs to wear a uniform, which was white and red hoops. Oh, so, first. Yeah, so prior to 1875, which was when uniforms were mandated by uh, the committee of the clubs, led by Melbourne and Geelong realistically, but Albert Park had already settled on red and white hoops, which was quite distinctive at the time. And so, they, well, South Melbourne, as I mentioned, they were formed in 1874. They were originally called Cecil after Cecil Street in South Melbourne. But then fairly quickly, they changed their name to South Melbourne. They wore blue and white hoops. Uh, then in 1878, they added a red sash to that because there's just so many clubs that were wearing blue and white. And mm. then the two clubs, Albert Park and South Melbourne, merged together in 1880 and they were playing their games at Albert Park, um, which is the Lake Oval. And so what they did was they kept the South Melbourne name the Albert Park colours of red and white and, you know, began playing at the Lake Oval at Albert Park Lake. Uh, I guess the other thing with Albert Park Lake is that um, that's not a naturally occurring lake. That was actually built by, I guess, the, the good citizens of Melbourne. Uh, so that was actually built from 1873 to 1880. They It was an area that... Um, 
well, as I understand it, the Indigenous people would come to because, you know, before settlement, uh, it was an area that would flood on a regular basis and there was a natural basin there. And so when it rained a lot, you know, there was wildlife and so they could come and, um, well, collect food effectively. Um, <laughs> however, um, yeah, people came, they they got rid of that idea. But as I mentioned, from 1873 to 1880, they dug out, areas of it and made what is today Albert Park Lake. So mm-hmm. then they the South Melbourne Footy Club were then playing at the Lake Oval, which is, you know, just next to um, Albert Park Lake, which is in Albert Park. And then down the side, down that Audi Drive, there's oh, there must have been a dozen footy grounds at one point. Yeah. So there was just heaps of footy grounds down that side, Um I've played footy there myself back in the day. Uh, so, yeah, so that's um, that's how South Melbourne came to be wearing red and white hoops or, you know, adopting the colours red and white. Yeah, and with that merger between Albert Park and Cecil, as they were, was that just <laughs> out of the necessity to keep going or...? Uh, Well, I think Albert Park wanted to keep going because they were finding it difficult to retain players. South Melbourne... And they'd been a fairly strong club back in the earliest days or in their earliest days, but then mm. they were finding themselves, you know, struggling to keep players and, you know, losing players to South Melbourne, amongst other things. So they were sort of on the wane, yet South Melbourne was uh, starting to, um, well, become more successful. And so they thought that between the two of them, if they merged, they would become a powerhouse in the what they then considered the southern suburbs of Melbourne. Mm. And so, you know, the two of them together would be a fairly strong uh, unit. Were they? So are they reasonable? Yeah. Mm. I mean, I yeah. Uh, Honestly, I didn't even look up how the um, the VFA premiers. They were <laughs> one of the strongest clubs going into the VFL era. Uh, so they, um, yeah, they in 1896, for example, they played against Collingwood in the grand final. Uh, so I should have um, should have looked this yeah. up sooner. But uh, VFA premiers 18, yeah, 1881. Straight away, they won a flag. Wow. Uh, so they were the premiers in 1881, premiers in 1885, premiers in 88, premiers in 89, premiers in 1890. So they did the three-peat. Then that Essendon went good. one better and did the four-peat, or if that's a word. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, so realistically that merger was largely considered a great success, I would imagine. I would imagine so, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so... Um, so they kept those well, they kept the red and white hoops, you know, until they joined the VFA VFL as it formed in um at the end of eighteen ninety six for the eighteen ninety seven season. Uh, yeah, right. And then so now that's the VFL. So what have they what have they done in the VFL? Uh, yeah, so for the first eight years, nine years they wore that red and white hoops. Yeah. And then they started to tinker with their design a little bit. And realistically, some of that comes from the fact that they moved from the canvas lace-up jumpers to woolen jumpers. And so uh, some players stuck with the lace-up, some went with the woolen. And so for a couple of years, they wore white jumpers with red stripes or like braces, really, because they were just on the outside. Uh, So Mm. they weren't like 
stripes like you have North Melbourne or Collingwood, the middle stripe wasn't there. Uh, so, yeah, so they had those for a couple of years and then uh, two years later they went to white with a red sash and they wore that from 1907 right up until uh, World War One. Uh, had a little break, and then came back and wore that in 1919. Then in 1920, they actually changed to a mostly red jumper, and so they wore that for three seasons, a red jumper with a white monogram. Then they went back to white with a red sash again. Yeah. So That one's interesting with the the club monogram. So that was in 1920 to 22, just sort of in between yeah. white with the red sash and then they go to a right red primary with just that the old style font the old club logo look kind of you know the similar similar strain to Carlton I guess for those that well exactly yeah exactly this. it would have looked well I mean part of the fact that it was red uh, it's the same yeah. idea a red jumper with white monogram I think it really stands out yeah um, I think yeah, it's a so- good, looking, good looking jumper do you know do we know anything around that I don't know if we're pushing too much trying to get that get that from her from you oh only that that was an era where you know they'd come out of world war one the great war as they called it uh for a lot of well for most cases that i know of they basically took the box from the you know where they'd stored the jumpers because some of the clubs just went into recess and didn't play at all and Mm. so in a lot of cases and south melbourne included you know they didn't play in 1916 uh then they came back for 1917, 18, 19, and they were basically wearing the same jumpers. You know, it wasn't like you got a new kit of jumpers every season. It was yeah. the same jumper, and you didn't get to take it home or anything, or, you know, it got washed by somebody and you used it again next year. Yeah, so that was that. Yeah. But by 1920, you start seeing clubs make some changes to their jumpers. Uh, St Kilda had come out of their jumpers 1918, 1919. They uh, had an, uh, like a red jumper with a black and gold um, V on it. And uh, you've also got, um, well, Melbourne had come out of recess. They were wearing a, a navy jumper with a red V. So, yeah, quite a few clubs had bought new jumpers and, you know, had a new look. So I think there was just something about, well, we're going to get new jumpers anyway. Let's do something different. Let's, you know, make them a little more um, unique. Yeah. So up to this point, I know it's not like every club has necessarily had a a name, but were they just sort of referred to as South Melbourne? When and well, well, yeah, mostly that sort of stuff, like the nickname type thing that Mm. comes from journalists having to write things in newspapers talking about South Melbourne did this and South Melbourne did that and South Melbourne did this. So they just needed new ways of describing the same thing. So at this point, they were called the Bloodstained Angels because of the red on the white, um, mostly white jumpers. Now, obviously, 1922 changed, 20 changed that. But, uh, yeah, Yeah. so the white jumpers with a little bit of red on them, they were called the Bloodstained Angels, and that's the, um, yeah, that's the reason that they call themselves the Bloods today and, you know, the old Bloods of South Melbourne. Um, Now, eventually, obviously, they did change that in a few years' time. 
but that was for a different reason to the swans. So, but we'll get, well, we can get to the swans. Um, do you want to get to the swans? Yeah, yeah. So, because that's where are we at now? So, that's in the 30s. They've well, got the sash. Yeah, so, and now. So they, yeah, they went to that red monogram. Oh, sorry, red with white monogram. And then uh, they changed back to the, uh, the white with the red sash again. And so they went back to that. Um, yeah, for the 1923 season. And so they're back in the, the white with a red sash for 23. That went up to 1931 and another era where a bunch of clubs just changed their jumpers. North Melbourne, Hawthorne, uh, South Melbourne did, St Kilda did. Yeah, everybody was just playing with the different designs. And I think a lot of that is it's another era where they're just coming out of d- the depression where mm. 1929, 30, 31, they just wore the same jumper every single year. And then they got to that, well, we're going to get new jumpers again. What are we going to get? We're going to get something a little different, a little interesting. And so what South did was they changed their white jumper. They took off the red sash and they put a red V on the, uh, the front of the jumper. And so that's the, that's the look of South Melbourne, white with a red V, all the way through to the 1982 um, move to Sydney and then even for the first few years, five years in Sydney, 82, 3, 4, 5, 6, they wore white with a red V and then eventually they changed to um, the Sydney one. Yeah, right. So, well, there you go. And then that's yeah. <laughs> there's a wrap for Sydney. Yeah, well, well, pretty much. I mean, we can get to Sydney. So, but 1932, where they've released these new jumpers, they've decided that South Melbourne are going to be a force in the VFL again. So, uh, Archie Crofts was well. He owned this de- or these department stores. I won't say a department store. He owned like a hundred and. I think at the time it was 110. It eventually grew to 137 stores. So we basically had a department store in every suburb of Melbourne. Mm. And amongst other things, like they were the first ones to actually do home delivery. So you could call up and you could say, well, generally Mrs. Johnson, you know, whatever in South Melbourne, this is what I'd like to order. And then a guy would rock up with a in a van and here's all your groceries. The, oh, wow. the thing early. with that is that the real growth of that, because they were generally, because they had so many stores, they could buy things cheap, which means they could sell things cheap, which meant people in the Depression were looking for things that were cheap. Uh, <laughs> so this was like a boom time for him wasn't for everybody else. So what he did was he went around Australia recruiting, like trying to grow his department stores, but recruiting footballers. They would give him a job for his department stores in South, well, in Victoria, but they had to play for South Melbourne Footy Club. And so (laughs) there were seven Western Australians and then others from other states that all moved over to play footy for South Melbourne and work in the Crofts department stores. And at one of the journalists for one of the Melbourne newspapers commented that there's so many Western Australians in the South Melbourne team 
they might as well call them the Swans. So, really? might as well, so yeah. So that's where the Sydney Swans comes from. Well, the South Melbourne Swans. Oh, sorry, South from, Melbourne yeah, slash Sydney. So exactly. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So the Sydney Swans are named after the number of Western Australians that they had in the team. And it was sort of, you know, like we talked about chin boners uh, a few uh, episodes back. It was yeah. meant as a bit of a slur, but the club yeah. took it on as, you know, as a bit of a rallying cry that, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right, we got West Australians, so what? <laughs> and they were in the grand final every year for a few years in a row. Yeah, um, they only won one, but they um they good, were up against they were up against Richmond and Collingwood a few years in a row. There, they just didn't happen to win the premiership. Yeah, isn't that funny though? Like the South Melbourne team had a bunch of Swans, so Western Australians, and then that team moves to Sydney. Who so the Sydney from South Melbourne with the name of made up of Western Australians. It's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a it's, it's a funny old world, isn't it? <laughs> but yeah, it is. It's yeah, it's they. You know, well, I guess they thought they were just doing whatever it would take to win, and yeah, um, yeah well, they they won a few games. They were reasonably successful, but uh, yeah, eventually it's, they it's all retired. That- with like certain ones that stick, like certain nicknames, you know, like as you mentioned, there's probably a whole host of different nicknames that they were being called by reporters over the years, but Swans, I guess, stuck different or? Oh, well, I think not long after that was the real move to brand yourself by your club nickname. Yeah, um, right. So, yeah, I think probably by World War Two, nicknames with an American influence, nicknames had become more of a thing. And there was more of a reliance on, uh, you know, North Melbourne, the Kangaroos and Carlton. Well, Carlton were originally the Cockatoos and then the Blues. Uh, Collingwood have always been the Magpies. Uh, Yeah, but it it was that they would start to almost brand themselves with that, um, uh, you know, the nickname that they'd been appointed usually by someone else. So, yeah, yeah Footscray, right. the Bulldogs, etc. I mean, St so, Kilda were the Seagulls uh, for a number of years. Foot, Fitzroy were the Gorillas. Yeah. And then eventually they changed it and settled on Saints and um, and Lions. Yeah, interesting. Imagine imagine these names we could have had. Oh, exactly, yeah. I mean, imagine yeah, that, the Brisbane Gorillas in the grand final. <laughs> well, if probably wouldn't have done them any good. They still would have got- Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I see side bottom would still kick the sealer and that's the end of that. So, yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, lose lines, doesn't really matter. That's it. Bears. Losers are losers. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, so now we've got the Swans and now we've got yeah. South Melbourne and they are just moving to Sydney. So yeah, that's so all that's right. at the moment. So what's sort of that overall process like why and do you know what's the context i suppose oh the the vfl made it fairly obvious that they wanted a club to move to sydney south melbourne well it was almost a what they were doing in that 30s era was buying in players right and then Mm. those players played for a number of years and then they retired and what they didn't do was create the infrastructure behind that for recruiting and for development of juniors to bring in. And so South Melbourne went through a period of just being ordinary for years. 
And, mm. you know, oh, the poor old bloods of South Melbourne, they do it hard. They, in a lot of respects, that sort of mentality, unless you can just keep buying players and keep buying players, you never do any uh, ground roots development. And so they brought it on themselves that in the 50s and the 60s, they were, you know, just ordinary for years and years. And mm. so so out of that, they they had a very small supporter base. Uh, they, I mean, they had a loyal supporter base, but they, they they just had less people support them as what did Carlton, Collingwood, Essendon. You know, some of those Richmond, some of those bigger clubs that we still think of as the bigger clubs today. So South Melbourne were just seen as the logical team. Oh, their ground was falling apart. They had to spend a whole bunch of money on the Lake Oval. They didn't know where they'd play. And so it was just seen as the logical choice that if they moved to Sydney, amongst other things, that there would be an influx of cash. There'd be this opportunity to uh, have other uh, recruiting areas and that they would end up being more successful. And so, you know, I think they were promised areas like the Riverina and the um, the areas of uh, Western New South Wales where they play Aussie rules. And so it was like, if we move to Sydney, we're, we're going to go back to being a, a successful footy club again. Let's do that. So yeah. off they went to Sydney. There was a bit of an outroar, uh, uproar. There was a bit of a, um, you know, keep south at south campaign, which obviously didn't happen. And off they mm. went to Sydney and they played games. Oh, the other thing too was, you know, that meant that they got to play games on a Sunday, which increased the broadcast rights to, um, you know, to cover the footy because now footy's not just on a Saturday, it's on a Sunday as well. And, yeah, every second Sunday there'd be a Sydney Swans game on on the telly you know, on a Sunday afternoon. So people would go and watch the Swans. It almost became people's second team. Yeah. So, so that was sort of, I mean, that's a very broad brush why they moved to Sydney. There's a lot yeah. more yeah, detail. You can probably do a whole podcast series on why they moved to Sydney. Yeah. But uh, realistically, as I mentioned earlier, the first five years they didn't change anything anyway. They just looked like the South Melbourne Swans. They were white with a red V. And you know, had Barry Round running around and Ricky Quaid and these they had a I mean they had a reasonably good side and then um after a few years they got some money through uh private ownership and um that injected some good players into the club as well. Right. Greg so Williams, then Jared Healy, go on. Sorry. Yeah, well, there's some names in there. <laughs> the um so that's yeah. So eighty six, eighty seven. So then eighty seven is the year that they brought so, in. Yeah. So eighty seven's the first year where they they came out with a Sydney specific uh, design, and that is a red yoke with a white opera house sewn onto the bottom of it, which is effectively what they wear today. Um, yeah. It's changed. The front of it has only changed slightly, and that was when. Uh, what they've done is they've well when they moved to the printed jumpers, the um, sublimated polyester jumpers in the late nineties. That's when they've really made the the yoke a little bit wider, and it actually replicates what's on the club logo. And so that's the mm. that's the main difference there, I guess. You know, in terms of the rest of the jumper, the first of that 
Sydney-specific jumper had a white back and then red down the sides. And then in 92, they changed it that the whole back was red and not just the sides. Well, I mean, the sides were sort of taken off and, yeah, the whole back was red. Yeah, and then and that's pretty much it for the home jumper then, really. <laughs> basically, yeah. I mean, they've kept it the same, uh, yeah, since 1992. I mean, you could sort of say, well, it's changed little bits here and there you know, based on the template or something, you know, the who's been making it, ISC or Puma or whoever's been the manufacturer. But realistically, it's the same jumper. It's white, red yoke with a Sydney Harbour outline cut yeah. out of the white space and um, red back. Yeah, there you go. It's uh, it's interesting. And, what interesting one as well, I guess, doing the Opera House. Like, I don't know. I guess I get that it's the first team in Sydney and the most Sydney thing ever. Just a bit of a weird, weird design. I always thought that no one. I don't know. It's just kind of. It's been like that for so long now. You don't really think of it, but just just looks weird, especially having no context on knowing what it's done from. You're looking at it, you're like, is this like a bat's head or, and this is its wings? Uh, yeah, look, I don't know. I I think of it as the Opera House and think, well, that's yeah, Opera that's House right. Sydney. I don't know. Sydney, Sydney Opera House. It's it's a unique uh, design. It's a unique, it's something very unique to Sydney. Very iconic. I, it's it's iconic. Yeah, it's it's the vibe. It's yeah. They it's Marbo, it's land rights, it's the vibe. Yeah. It's Sydney. <laughs> it just is. <laughs> um, yeah, look, I, I guess to me it's probably one of the better designs in footy because it's not just – it's sort of working with the basics, the, you know, yeah. the white with the red yoke, which is the sort of thing that you could do on a knitted jumper that your nan could knit for you, and yet it's added this iconic – um, Sydney icon, yeah. iconic icon. That's it's a tall yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this this design. Now, yeah, I think it's terrific. Yeah, I, I do like it. As well. I like the the use of the yoke. I think yeah, when I didn't understand what it was designed after, and I didn't really know. But then once you sort of get you know you hear it once, and then you sort of never never lose that vision of what it, what the cutout is, and then yeah, it's probably really right. Cool. Yeah, I think that's probably right. And yeah, it's and it is the white space. You know, it's the space that's not there. Yeah, that makes up the thing that's there. Yeah, and it's like oh, that cool. is that's the opera house. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, <laughs> okay, I get it. <laughs> and then once you get it, you don't, you know, it's sort of like that thing. Now I can never unsee yeah, it. Yeah, that's right. Um, it's there. It's like, oh, right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, look, I'm, uh, I'm happy with the Swannies. Um, I think they're, yeah, it is an iconic one. jumper now. Um, so, what about the, there's probably not much to go through, but we'll quickly to run through the away jumpers that they've Oh, the away jumpers away. are basically yeah, the home yeah. jumpers, yeah. So, that, well, the great thing about the Swans is that once they settle on a design, they stick with it, which <laughs> you know, which we sort of mentioned, but uh, that's what they've done with the Clash jumper. The Clash jumper has effectively been, you know, like we talked about, the home jumper is um, white, red yoke, Sydney Opera House silhouette, red, uh, red back, and then the clash jumper, the white, uh, sorry, the red back has been replaced with a white back. <laughs> and that's been it mostly. Yeah. Uh, right up until 
2022, and that's when they decided to go with the South Melbourne jumper, the white with a red V, and now they wear that in away games effectively or um, they wear it in Melbourne all the time. And, uh, yeah, well, yeah, they've taken to wear it in an all uh, as their clash jumper as well as a, an away jumper. So away jumper being the jumper that you wear just because you're playing away, but a clash jumper worn specifically to avoid a clash with the opposition. Uh, so in their case, they're wearing it as an away jumper because they're wearing it against teams that their home jumper doesn't clash with. Yeah, right, okay. And that's and that's all of them really, isn't it? Pretty much, yep. I mean, you know, um, there's an old ad, when you're on a good thing, stick to it. Uh, I think it was for paint, but at any rate, that's that's the Swans. You know, they've they've come up with this design and they've stuck with it. And I mean, yeah, they've been a fairly good club for quite a while. And usually, what we found with clubs that change their design, change their colours, is they were mostly doing it in at least in earlier times uh, to sort of create a new era and create a. Um, a new beginning, if you like, and yeah. the Swans, the Swans, well, certainly recently haven't needed to do that. But even when they probably did need to do it, uh, they didn't do it anyway. They just went, "No, this is who we are. This is what we look like. We're the Swans. That's it." Yeah, I like that too. So then, because that, so their most recent away jumper is the Heritage, I guess. You know, yeah, white with a red that they yeah. come from. So did they ever? Do a heritage jumper with the Y with the red sash as well, or is that one that's just sort of? Yeah, they have. Uh, well, they've done that as a uh, what do you call it? A promotional jumper. So oh, two thousand nine, so they did white with a red sash for a hundred years since winning the premiership, and then mm. twenty eighteen, they did a hundred years since winning the nineteen eighteen premiership. So oh. they have had the red sash on their jumper in you know in a couple of games recently. And, well, we can talk about the promotional one-off jumpers, if you like, because apart from uh, the odd jumper here and there, and we'll get to the most recent era, most of their one-off jumpers have basically been representations of their heritage-type jumpers. So, you know, they had a team of the century. One of the first ones they had was a team of the century jumper, which was – white with a red V instead of the red yoke, and then it had their Team of the Century logo. They've had one, well, one which I didn't particularly like, was the red and white hoops, but the sides of the jumper were sort of broken off by the the way that their manufacturer um, used to make jumpers at the time. Uh, so, And that was and sponsor, That was for the QBE sponsorship. So that was like... Is that going. one... Is that one- Aim for like a throwback to those sort of eight, late well, 1880s jumps. Exactly. It's designed around the Albert Park red and white hoops that South Melbourne wore into the VFL mm. in 1897. But, um, but yeah, as I mentioned, you know, the hoops didn't actually line up or meet up because the way that they're manufactured, which I think was ISC, the way they used to make jumpers was they had these sides on them and the sides were just one colour. So it was ISC. So, yeah, so mm. the sides, at any rate, the sides of the jumper didn't have hoops on them, but the rest of the jumper did. Right. So it just looked, it and just that, looked disjointed because. 
Yeah, it looks funny when you do that with the heritage ones, especially. Well, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was to celebrate 125 years of QBE insurance, was yeah. it? So that was yeah. not not for a Sydney well, related. I mean, well, it, it's not. I mean, it's Sydney related in that they also oh, were yeah. sponsoring Sydney for 25 years. Yeah. You know, they've had others where, I mean, realistically, mostly they've used white with a red V for things like um, the names of all the players. That, you know, one of those name jumpers where, hey, everybody, we're releasing a jumper for no specific reason. It's got all the names of the players. You probably want to buy it. That twenty early 2010s, every team seemed to do it. South Sydney did it as well. Uh, but they've also had a couple here and there for like a members thank you jumper and a Bobby Skilton um, club champion jumper, things like that. And they all were white with the red V. So they sort of, you know, tried to go back to that heritage. And yeah. then I guess the only other one of any note in the one-off type jumpers is from 2021. They well, 2020 they wore it in the preseason, but from 2021 they've had a pride jumper, and that's and that's like all that's the, the only thing that they've done outside yeah. of the you know something that's a heritage style. That's yeah. really the only thing that they've done. Wow, it's really not much compared to some of these clubs that we well exactly prior yeah exactly stuff. yeah they're very much this is our jumper this is what we look like yeah. Um, yeah. Well, what about the official heritage rounds? Well, mostly they wore white with a red V. Uh, <laughs> the first year, the year that inspired footy jumpers to be a thing, they wore the 1905-06 white with two red braces, I'll call it, but stripes down the side. Um, the thing with that was it had pretend laces on it, which very few of the players would have actually had. They just had woolen jumpers. I mean, the reason they went to the the different design was because they were getting all these new woolen jumpers. Uh, so mm. it it was white with the red braces, and they wore that in the first year of 96, the centenary celebration game. And then I think they played Melbourne uh, that year. And mm. then 2003 to seven. They wore the white jumper with the red V South Melbourne look. That's it. Yep. When you're on a good thing. <laughs> I'll have to look up what that ad is because it's, yeah, it's yeah, in my head now. Right. Um, the, the only other, well, there's a couple of ones to note for their preseason jumpers. I sort of, because I touched on the pride jumper, which they wore yeah. in 2020. In 1979, they had to play South Fremantle, who wore uh, white with a red V. Ah. And this is in the pre-season competition or the, the night competition, as they called it, the Escort Cup. Yeah. Uh, so so South, they flipped a coin. South Melbourne lost the toss of the coin. They have to wear an away jumper. And so what they wore was just a plain orange jumper of, uh, I think it's the Australian Football Council. And so... That's what they wore in a night series game against South Fremantle. Then in 97 and 98, they had the the regular South Melbourne jumper, which was the white with the red yoke and the opera house. But then at the bottom half of that, they put the two stripes from the 1996 oh. 
centenary celebration game, they put that on the front as well. So it was the Opera House, but then it had two stripes at the bottom of it. It's It seems like as well that it's more of not the negative space, but it's like got more of a black outlining of the Opera House Well, too. it does have a black outline. Um, that sort of demarcated demarcation of this is where the top Sydney jumper finishes and the bottom South Melbourne jumper starts. Okay. That's yeah. the way I sort of looked at yeah. it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's I guess it's it's one of those things where you know they had a go. Hi, thanks, thanks for trying, oh, and, boys. No, even even in the their different ones, they're still <laughs> incorporating all the same three bits. Pretty much, yeah, exactly, exactly. They're not that like. Well, yeah, Hawthorne had diamonds on one of their jumpers at one point, yeah. and um, yeah, you know, different clubs have had different ideas and different designs. Yeah. South Melbourne have said, "This is what we've done in the past. This is what we're doing right now." You can have some combination of the two, but that's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I didn't mind the um the twenty ten preseason jumper where it's just that V. Yeah, well, that's yeah. again, that's what with the, that's basically, it's not quite a the clash jumper. It's the club logo effectively on the on the V, or you know, built into the V, the club logo at the time. But yeah, I mean, that's a good look. And then um, the, well, that that was the clash jumper that just didn't ever need to get used. And so yeah. by the time they did use it a couple of years later. Oh, sorry, the next year. Um, by the time they used it, they'd sort of dropped the swan's head and the the back of the swan off that part of it, and then it, it's just the regular home jumper yoke right. made into a V and then with a white back, and now that's the clash jumper that they've used. Mm. So Keeping it simple. Exactly, yeah. Um, and then I suppose we may as well look through the last categories the indigenous round jumpers yes i'm most happy with these yeah some great ones in this i like the um how it started whether you just sort of the indigenous art for that negative space almost which was i thought was really cool and kept the the yoke as a solid color yeah and well as i understand it the first artwork was done by um adam goods's mum and the, oh. For me, the best thing about the way the Swans do this is they they pay respect to the artist because they don't just say, well, this is our Indigenous jumper, you'll see it once or twice and then you'll never see it again. They actually use it for four years. And so, well, mm. at least the first two designs were both used for four years and now their, set, their third design has been used for two years in a row. So I'm hoping that they continue that on in yeah. as much as anything because, to me, that just pays a little more respect to the art and the artist. I say, actually, it was probably three years, the second one, which was the the black swan-looking um, one. Uh, so, mm. no, that was four years, 2018, 19, 20, 21, so four years. So, yeah. yeah, so the first one is, well, and, again, it's still got the opera house silhouette in it with the red yoke and then it's just the white section that's been um, painted differently or coloured differently. Mm. Then 2018, it's the black swan um, on, again, a mostly white background but 
plenty of um, added to that. 22 and 23, they've had the the current uh, jumper. Again, it's got the Opera House design. So you can really see that it's still based on the club jumper or the, the club design, but then the art has been added to that design. And yeah, so, um, it just looks yeah. the same sort of yoke with the opera house cut out, but then there's just layers of Indigenous art around and exactly. on top of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so so that's um, – I'm – yeah, well, I guess I'm most happy, as I mentioned, that uh, it's not just used as a one-off, I don't know, it's, yeah, that's I get a little cynical like with some of those things where they just go, well, here's the artwork, there it is. Um, there'll be another one next week you know, <laughs> or next year, whatever. You know, it, it's just moved on too quickly. Whereas this, you know, it's really used. It is. Yeah. And supporters can then go and say, well, we're going to buy the Sydney Indigenous Jumper knowing full well that this is going to be the Indigenous Jumper this year and next year and the year after. You know, this is our Indigenous Jumper. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really like that idea. Yeah, I like that too, and especially how intricate the artworks are. It's not, it's like it's oh, not like well, you're doing yeah. a tiny piece of work and then you know <laughs> that's all right. We'll just use it for a couple of games. I mean, these things are really, really detailed. <laughs> it just feels yeah, a bit, exactly. a bit, a bit dodgy. Yeah, running out once in it and then it's gone. To the well, it's, yeah, uh, I think I think the same. I think if you're really going to respect it. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, there's probably an argument to the other side of that that says, well, you know, you give another artist another opportunity. But um, yeah. yeah, I think from the aesthetics and, uh, well, yeah, just you're also giving your fans the opportunity to, to well, I mean, they're making the investment in the in a jumper like that uh, to say, you know, this is going to be around for a few years. Yeah. So, so right. that's, well, uh, that's, that's the swans. Yeah, that's the majority of all the categories. I think we've learned red, white is pretty much it. And a sash or a V or a yoke with an opera house. <laughs> yep. Take, pretty take much. Pick. Yep. Or an indigenous design and you've done it. You've covered them all off. That's it. Yep. That's all we needed to don't. do. Sorry for wasting your time today, here, guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that's about it. I mean, they've even had the same sponsor for you know yeah, thirty some years, it. so they they just haven't changed at all. They've been the Swans since nineteen thirties. They've uh, which is probably the really early, one of the earliest days. Collingwood yeah. were probably the Magpies from day dot, but everybody mm. else has kind of changed along the journey as well. Um, yeah, you know the Fuchsias and the Mayblooms and these were going around when they were the Swans. Wow, that's wild, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah. Well, what about your favourite and oh, least the best favourite jumpers then? So, yeah, look, there's some thought going into this because I really do like their home jumpers because, as I mentioned, that white opera house cutout of the red yoke is, you know, great design. However, I'm not going to pick it, <laughs> and that's yeah. just because there's just so many options to choose from on that. Well, I mean, yeah, although we say it hasn't changed, it's, to me it's changed, you know, every, like, yeah. every so often. <laughs> but the one that I the, – the one that stands out um, probably over that is the red jumper with the white monogram. Oh, I, I really like that. that. Um, I would think if they continued wearing it – 
they probably would have made that monogram something different. But mm. in much the same way that, you know, Carlton changed their monogram from a really thin script to a, the thicker CFC script, I think South Melbourne probably would have changed it to something like that. Yeah. But that, I mean, red jumpers were just unknown in VFL footy at the time. Um, and then they went back to white, which looked very much like St Kilda in those um, in those days. But, uh, yeah, so I like the red jumper with the white monogram. And then for the worst, I guess the one that I touched on, the only one that I'm negative on really, is the 2011 125 years of QBE, which was more uh, the sort of thing that they should have just made and given to the sponsors and said, said thanks for your help, guys. Thanks for yeah. your support over the years. We're not going to wear it, but here it is. Here's <laughs> a version of our jumper. But they did wear it, and so uh, that's my worst. As much as anything, because the hoops just didn't go all the way around, you know, they sort of um, – it became an ISC jumper in South Melbourne colours or Sydney colours and um, – or Albert Park colours. And, uh, and, yeah, as I say, it was really just a thing for QBE, not for – the footy club. Yeah, that's right. Weird. How about, how about yourself? Well, I was going to go down that monogram red jumper as well path, but I'll try and pivot on oh, the floor. That's all right. Here. I mean, it's, it's a yeah, gun. I really like that as well, and I, I do think that it would have looked great in the modern area if they if they did have more callbacks to it because yeah. it just this looks great, the well, primary I'll, red. Uh, well, if it helps, logo. I'll give you my, my close second oh. is the 2018 to 21 Indigenous jumper, um, um, the black swan yeah. on the on the background there. I mean, for jumper. one thing, I do love the fact that they've used the club um, nickname, the club name, you know, the swan for yeah. the uh, you know for the what do they call it? You know, the the, the mascot, the the thing that they've used there. Um, Totem is what uh, it is for the others. It's the, the you know, they'll put the totem of a player or totem of um, whoever's done the artwork. And it's yeah. like, uh, I don't like the idea of a different, well, for instance, you know, Essendon. I don't like Essendon having a wedge-tailed eagle on their jumper and then they go and play against West Coast Eagles. Yeah. That doesn't make a great deal of sense to me. No, that's Even right. if it represents something to the artist, it's still got to represent the footy club yeah. because that's what you're doing it for. And yeah, so, that's right. Yeah, so. All right. Well, I think so I'll probably take the 2018 promotional jumper, the 100-year on, commemoration. Then. It's the red okay. sash. I like so, the yeah. white primary with the red cuffs and the red collar and the red sash. I think that's okay. – I like that look. I think it looks clean and, yeah, I like it. They didn't use the sash as much as the other ones as well, which I think is why it stands out a bit more. And You even I'm, added I'm, the collar to that guy too. Yeah, I love, I like which, that look. I like the collar with the yeah. sash and the red cuffs as well. I think it looks yep. nice. Yeah. And I'm, I'm quite partial to a red sash as well. Fair play, yeah. And then least favourite, I'll probably, oh, you know what, I might actually go with the early days, 85, 86, sorry, 87, 88. Oh, righty-o. Jumper, home jumper. Yeah. I, did, I like I like where it's got to at the point now, but I think at the first, well, this, well, that was probably the first iteration, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, 
just thought that it was kind of hard to see the opera house. It was a bit too small at the start. And then the it red was. lines. Yeah, that's, that's red true. lines down the side and then at the top. Just, just I don't know, don't love it all that much. And, yeah, the little opera house in the middle just kind of looks like, what's that there? What are they, what are they, what are they doing with that? <laughs> and then you have to sort of look in twice. And then, I mean, over the years, obviously, it's gotten bigger and bigger. And you look, you look now and it's quite obvious and big. But, yeah, I think. I think I'll take that one for my least favourite, but airplane. Yeah, but that's only in the the subtle nuances of difference, I guess, between all of their jumpers. So it makes it a bit tricky. But yeah, I think that will probably just about wrap up the South Melbourne slash Sydney Swans. Is there anything other? Any other points you wanted to bring up, or um, happy with that? No, I don't think so. Um, I guess the. I was thinking I've um I was thinking about the uh the O five, O six stripes and I was thinking I may have um been misleading or wrong with what I said earlier. The Sydney sorry, the South when South Melbourne changed their jumpers in O five, O six, it was actually still with lace up jumpers. It wasn't to the um to the woolen jumpers that I had suggested. Uh so the South jumpers in 0506 would have actually been canvas lace-ups because that was the only one of the 96 centenary celebration jumpers that was correct. So oh, I'd like to make wait, that correction. Right. Uh, so, yeah, there were wool versions of it, which were braces, but mm. they were probably in the minority. And the um, But it did have a white reinforcing down the middle, so it was still – there was no stripe down the middle of the jumper, so it didn't actually look like North Melbourne or Collingwood, but it would have been a canvas lace-up, not a wool jumper. Oh. So I'll make that correction now before I have to make it next week. (laughs) That's right. There you go. Amendment done. Brownie points to Sydney. And just about wrap up there. So thank you, everyone, for tuning in for another episode of the footyjumpers.com podcast. Thanks, guys. Yeah, we'll catch you on the next episode. See you next time. Bye.